vision. It is a vital part of the human condition. Not just the ability to see, but the ability to see what could be. Some have said that vision is a dream with a plan. If so, can we see through the eyes of God, the dream giver, to see what could be, what we can become, how we can live? Yes, yes we can. God's vision has not changed, and you are invited into his dream with a plan, his vision. So let's go. The book of Joshua is our map, and the Holy Spirit is our guide. We will gaze from Mount Nido, cross flooded rivers, sea walls fall and the sun stands still. Then, like Joshua, we can look back at God's faithfulness and then forward to his promises. Through this journey, you will see what can be. God's vision for you, for us, all for Jesus. Today's an exciting day. I'm Scott Weatherford. Welcome to the launch of a great new series, See What Could Be. Now, about a year ago, we started talking about what we're going to do in the fall of 2020. We had no idea about coronavirus, no idea about shutdowns, no idea about online only, but whatever, we wanted to go on an adventure, a journey through the book of Joshua to see through the lens of faith in the eyes of Joshua what God wants us to see today. A few years back, Tara and I had the privilege of going to Washington, D.C. Now, if you've never been to our nation's capital, you ought to go. It is so impressive. And it's overwhelming how godliness and biblical virtue and value has been baked into our system here. You cannot ignore God in Washington, D.C. Now, the politicians seem to do that, but you can't do it in all the monuments and the displays. Now, as a communicator, one of the monuments that inspired me probably more than any was the monument to Martin Luther King Jr., uh, the the civil rights leader, the, the one who was shot down in Memphis. You, you know who he was, and perhaps his most famous speech was that speech he gave, I have a dream. I have a dream. And he said things like that people would be judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. What a beautiful line. What a beautiful thought that people might not be racist, but we embrace the full embodiment of who we are as people. Well, if, if we have a dream, if God has a dream for us, then God has a vision. You just see a vision is a dream with a plan. And God has a plan for us, and he wants to take us on that adventure. And we're going to let the book of Joshua be our guide to the adventure God has us on. Now, here's a leadership quote for you. If you don't know where you're going, don't be in a hurry. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good quote, I think, because I wrote it. If you don't know where you're going, don't be in a hurry. And In fact, if you don't know where you're going, don't be the leader. And throughout the book of Joshua, we see that this is a statement of where we're going. Now, several years ago, we passed a historic document in this church, this church family. It's a revision of our bylaws. We took what we had and we, we took what we needed to have and we created a new set of bylaws. And I want to read you a, a section from our bylaws. Now, I'm going to read this to you. You're going like, Pastor, the only time people mess with bylaws is there's a problem. Well, I want to not show you a problem. I want to remind you of some of the things we said. In Article 2, 
We have the purpose of the church. And this is what we say. I'm going to read it for you. It's up on the screen. Our purpose is to bring glory to God by building lives that honor God, fulfilling the great commission, and by carrying out the great commandment. We seek to accomplish this by honoring, exalting Jesus in worship and lifestyle, honoring Jesus above all, all, all others, and honoring all mankind is created by God. Connecting. Connecting in the body of Christ with heart-to-heart caring and concern, connecting with God through Jesus Christ and connecting with other believers. Growing, committing to grow in and applying God's word and growing to be Christ-like in character, deed, and thought. Serving, acting in love to impact our community and world and serving God by serving others. And finally, sharing, reaching others for Christ, sharing God's love and our faith through authentic relationships. The wisdom behind the inclusion of this purpose in our documents, we have a starting point, a guide point that we might live all for Jesus. In fact, you might call this our disciple-making process. Now, we have on our website next steps, steps you could take to enter into connecting, growing, serving, and sharing. And you could take those experiences and become a part of this family and live all for Jesus. Also, this is a great time to jump into a group. We're offering God time, a Joshua journal, a group time, a time where we dig deeper into the book of Joshua, and then, of course, the gathering time online and in person that you might grow to be like Christ, all for Jesus, whatever it takes. Now, I'm going to show you something that might help you. In this series, we're going to start to see what we can be. Uh, Last year when we are playing this series uh, 2020, we call it the year of vision. I guess we probably should call it the year of train wreck because that's basically what it is. But you know, it's really interesting that God did not let the virus derail him, that we found new ways to express the message of Jesus using uh, this platform you're watching now and using other platforms. The church has never been a physical location. It's always been the people gathered, the gatherings Maybe in person or online, but the intent was all the same, all for Jesus to gather to honor him. And I want you to get jumped into a Building Lives group, whether it's on campus or off campus, whether it's Zoom or online, I want you to take advantage of that. And you could start a group, you can invite your friends to a group. So let's take the journey. Let's take the journey through Joshua to see what could be. For God to build your life as he's building my life that we might live all for Jesus. So let's go on the journey through Joshua together. Father, thank you for what you're going to say to us this morning as we look through the book of Joshua, as we begin this great adventure together. And I pray, Father, that you will speak through me and speak to these people that you love and that I love as well. And we pray this in your son's strong name. Amen. Now, I want you to notice that online, we have a lot of resources for you, you know, video resources. And also we have places where you could take notes and have thoughts gathered. But I want to take you through this. And we're going to start at chapter 1 of Joshua. And we're going to look at chapter 1, verses 1 through 9 this morning. So here's some stuff I want to jump off of. And here it goes. We stand on the shoulders of those who've gone before us. We literally are recipients of the legacy of blessing that's happened years before us. Let me read for you. Joshua 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. Moses' assistant. And he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. You see, even though Moses, the leader, had died, God had not forgotten his promises. God has not forgotten the promises he's made to us. 
as a people to you personally. God remembers the promises he had made. Now, they had just lost their leader, and it, it could cause them to surrender their dream or to surrender their God's purpose. But you know, God always has a succession plan. God knows the end of the matter before it begins. God knows what's going on. And there are a few things that I know that God knows that he's brought me here to lead you. I know that I know that I know that God has brought me to lead here. Now, I want to say this to you. I'm not always going to lead you. I'm not. One day I'm going to die. And that's okay. Some of y'all are celebrating that already. But the thing is that, that God has a purpose and he has a plan. And that plan is succession. He never forgets. In 1884, God made a promise to a group of people that was meeting at Jacob's well. He made a promise to him about a church. And did he still remembers that promise? If God wanted FBC Wimberley, First Baptist Church of Wimberley to die, it had lots of opportunities, but she didn't. And she continues to survive and continues to thrive. Now, listen to me. I want you to hear me. Through the power of this online mechanism and through our in-person gathering, we're reaching more people than we ever have in the history of this little church because we do not have a little God. And there's no thing, such thing as a little church in the kingdom of God because he's a big God. And we stand on the shoulders of those who've gone before us. And what we have to remember is that what got us here will not necessarily take us to the promised land. You see, the Hebrew children couldn't go into the promised land with Moses. Why? Because Moses was banned from the promised land. He disobeyed God, and he struck the rock instead of speaking to it, and that happened in Petra. If you go with me to Israel this spring in March, you'll go to Petra with me when you'll see the rock that allegedly Moses struck. But that's why God said you can't go in the promised land. It, but you know what? Moses did go in the promised land because on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah come stand with Jesus. So Moses just didn't get to go to the promised land on his physical life, but he definitely got to see the promises of God in his life eternal. And Moses is more alive now than he's ever been because he's in the presence of God. God remembers his promise. What got us here will not get us to the next. So what now? What now? God has for us. He wants us to see what can be, just like the Hebrew children. He says this, be strong and courageous. It's not for a time, a season of wringing our hands and going, oh my, but a time to lift our hands and to believe that God has a new way for us to live. Our past does not define us, but it can serve to refine us. As we look back on the faithfulness of people that have got us here, that we look forward to the faithfulness of people who are going to take us into the future of what God wants us to be. Now, some things I want to say to you. I want you to listen. We will never compromise the message of Jesus, ever. We will never compromise the authority of Scripture, ever. But we will be innovative in our methodology to reach people off of Jesus, whatever it takes. We stand on the shoulders of people who have gone before us. This is the best time in our history for you to commit to this family. You can be part of the history of what happens next as we see what could be. If not now, then when are you going to make that step of commitment? If not here, then where are you going to make that step? If not you, then who's going to do it? 
We stand on the shoulders of say of someone great. Now, I'll go back to this passage. The death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. Can you imagine that being written on your epitaph? The servant of the Lord. On your grave stone, the servant of the Lord. Joshua had to follow greatness, but Joshua stood in the challenge of the greatness. And he accepted that challenge. Now, I want to tell you this. Okay, I want you to listen to me very carefully. We ignore this in the account of Moses. But every time Moses experienced God, other than the burning bush, Joshua was there. Joshua was there. When Moses got the Ten Commandments, Joshua was there. When Moses came down off the mountain, he saw the Hebrew children rebelling. Joshua was there. The Bible said Moses would go meet with God in the temple, and God would speak to him as a man-to-man, face-to-face, as friend-to-friend. Guess who was there? Joshua. In fact, Scripture says that Joshua would stay in the tabernacle after Moses had left so he could be in the presence of God. God was grooming Joshua. Listen, your right now is being preparing you for your next and everything that's gone behind you in your past is God refining you to live in his glorious presence now and to live in his promises in the future. You stand on the shoulders. We stand on the shoulders of greatness, of the people who forged their way in the wilderness of Texas to form this church to the present now and to the future as we leverage technology for the global glory of God. He has got this. He never forgets his promises because God's promise and his purpose will not fail. God's purpose will not fail. Listen to what God says to Joshua. I promise you what I promised to Moses. Wherever you set your foot will be the land I'm giving you. From the Nevia in the south to Lebanon Mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean in the west, including the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you. I will not abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will be the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. God makes this amazing promise to Joshua. He says this to you, I will not fail you. I will not abandon you. I will fulfill my promises for you. Now, what are the promises God has made for you? He's going to be with us. He's going to supply our needs according to his riches and glory. We can do all things and survive all circumstances through him who strengthens us. We can be anxious for nothing with prayer and petition. We can make our requests known to God. God says, I will heal you. I will make you to become like me. I will sustain you forever in glory. I'm going to do all these things for you. I know the plans I have for you. The Lord declares plans to prosper you, not harm you, that you might have a future and a hope. God says, I'm going to do all these things for you. I'm going to do all these things for this church. There was a season during this pandemic, I was wringing my hands going, how in the world are we going to survive financially? And God has been amazingly providing for us more than I could ever ask or think or believe because God is faithful. He's faithful. And he will deliver us. You know, our strength, it doesn't come from us, it comes from the Lord. Our vision, it doesn't come for us, it comes from the Lord. 
God is a come through God. In fact, if you got God's business card, it would say, God, I come through because that's what he does. He is the deliverer. He's the promise keeper. He's the one who does these things for us. And you will be the one, he said to Joshua. And this will be the generation, he says to Joshua. Now listen to me. He says this. You will be the one. And this will be the generation that I will do great and exceedingly abundantly things that you could not even believe if I were to tell you. Because this church will be the hope of the world. See what could be. This will be your breakthrough. We will experience the freedom from your sin and your sin against. This will be the promise I'm going to keep to you, God says. The other night, Tara and I were in our new house. And 12 years ago, we lost everything we owned. And we were laying in bed holding hands saying, Great is your faithfulness, God. You keep your promises. See what could be when you live all for King Jesus. So we must commit ourselves to do things God's way and not our way. We're not looking for the latest innovation, the latest purpose, the latest plan, the latest book, the latest strategy, the latest business model. We're not looking for that. We're going to do things God's way. Listen to what God says to Joshua. Be strong and very courageous. You know, it's the second time he said that. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate them from either turning to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night that, so you might be sure to obey everything that's written in it. Only then will you prosper and be succeed in all that you do. Only then when we do things God's way, you know, the biggest challenge for Joshua and these people is that they started off great, but then they lost the vision. Do you realize that they only possessed 10% of what the, the promised land had to offer? And I'll talk more about that in a minute. They only possessed him because they lost the vision. Now, Moses brought these people out of Egypt, and for 40 years they wandered in the desert. And God kept the vision of a promised land before them. Now they were right there, and God says to Joshua, listen, don't forget what got you here. Is my purposes and my promises. And you better live in on them. Because if you don't, then you're not going to succeed. But if you do, you will succeed. Now listen, we are founded on biblical principles. Back from 1884 to this present day, we are founded as a biblical church, a biblical model. We believe a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church. All five of our life commitments are founded on Scripture. What are our five? Honor, connect, grow, serve, and share. I read them earlier. They're all founded on biblical principles. They're not founded on models or methods. This is our disciple-making process. We say a person who's a disciple of Jesus honors God with their life. They connect with God and each other in the church. They grow to be like Christ in character. They serve God by serving others, and they share contagiously the love of Jesus in word and deed. That's what our commitments are about, that we might be those people we will not deviate from God's word as a people. We will not deviate from God's word individually. Methods and programs and styles and trends come and go. Believe it or not, this shirt may not always be in style. <laughs> You're thinking, well, too late on that shirt. Whatever, it'll turn into a lovely 
curtain or a couch in the future. But here's the deal. God's purpose, God's methods stand the test of time. And that's where we're founded on. God's word remains. The message is the same. And the mission remains. The methods change, but our Savior doesn't. Hmm. Don't tie yourself to anything other than God's word and God's purposes. Don't tie to a trend or a style. Tie yourself to King Jesus and his word. And never give up. Never give up. Never surrender the vision. You know, like I said earlier when I was kind of introducing this talk, that that God has been faithful, and, and he started this church in 1884, and there's been times where this church could have closed. And I was reading through the history of this church, and there were times where we didn't have a building. We didn't have a location. We shared places, and we moved from other, thither and yon. And at times during World War II where there wasn't a leader, and then God brought leaders, and God has been faithful to sustain throughout the years. And one thing this church has had is the tenacity to keep going, the tenacity to keep going. Listen to what and the final thing that in this passage we're going to look at, what God says. This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, I said earlier, one of the sad things is that the Hebrew children only possess 10% of the land. They're still fighting over the land, even to this day. But they only possess 10%. Why? Because they gave up. And we cannot give up the call of God for us to build lives that honor him. Whether it's here locally in the Wimberley Valley, whether it's throughout the United States, whether it's in the nations of the world, in Latin America, in Canada, in Europe, in Asia, wherever God uh, extends his hand for us to reach, because we're not in this by ourselves. We're in this with the host of other churches that are part of the kingdom of God. We're all in this together, but we can't give up. We can't surrender. It's not a time to start looking around and saying, what's up? It's a time to start looking around, to lean in and say, okay, God, let's go. Let's go. We have an opportunity to change the world, and the time is now to see what could be, to be a part of his story, all for Jesus. Now, as I talk about these things, you're saying, okay, Scott, all this is great and motivational, but what are the applications to this? What does it mean? It means this for you. Get in God's Word. Take the Joshua Journal and start reading and praying and studying. Get in a group with other believers whether it's on Zoom or whether it's live or whether it's you gathering people into your home. If you live in places like Tennessee or Maryland or in Canada or in Nebraska or Colorado or California, wherever you live, in, in, in Central America, wherever you live, get in groups of people and say, we're going to live God life together as a group. And then gather together to worship. Whether you're joining us online, you're gathering with other believers, thousands of us, as we worship and we honor God and hear his word and respond to his word. Take those steps. Find a place to serve God locally or globally. Be a dispenser of God's grace and truth. See a need, meet a need. Step into a void. Give your life away. Give of your financial resources. Say, okay, God, you blessed me with this. Now I'm going to bless others with this. And then you give and you give to the mission of God. What's amazing here this past summer, because of generosity, we fed over 9,000 people. We're responding to disasters 
in, in, in the continental United States. We want to be a church of the first response that wherever something happens, we want to go because we have friends there that we can love and we can help and we can support. To really be the church, to see lives changed by the power of the gospel, see addictions broken, see hearts healed, marriages restored. This is what we do. We're the church, the church of the living God, the hope of the world. We're not a gathering place for us to observe. We're a people for us to engage, to be the army of King Jesus. This is what could be. We stand on the shoulders of greatness, holding on to the promises of God, being true to the word of God, never surrendering the vision to live all for King Jesus. This is who we are. Find your place and let's go. I have a dream. Martin Luther King Jr. said. And that dream is still unfolding in the United States. But before Martin Luther King Jr. said, I had a dream, God had a vision for his church to be the hope of the world. And that's us, and that's now, that's you, and that's me, saying, Jesus, I'm yours, and living all for him.